Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 366 of the Ask the Coach Show, where Ping Skills answers your table tennis questions. I'm Jeff Plum, and as always, I'm joined by Super Coach Alois Rosario. Welcome, Alois. Thank you, Jeffrey, and uh, yes, uh, hello to all those listeners out there. I'm ready there for a- another show. There was a bit of a delay there. It was like big, big build up, and then welcome, Alloys, and then silence. Yeah, you know, it, I like to make um, an entrance, Jeff. I like to make nice. An entrance. Yeah, yeah. Change it up. Well, we have been saying we should change the intro, so you know, bit of pause, yeah. bit of dramatic effect. I like it. Yeah, maybe I just won't reply next time. <laughs> <laughs> It'll just be me and my jokes. <laughs> I better reply. That- uh, podcast three sixty seven should be just Jeff's jokes, nonstop jokes. <laughs> oh dear. I, um, I speaking wait, of jokes, Alois. Yes, Jeff. What's worse than finding a worm in your apple? Finding half a worm in your apple. That's correct. Very good. And um, yeah, you know we've got some we've got some music um, that we play on this podcast that quite a few people like. Oh, um, really. Yep, yeah, good. yeah, yeah. Do it at the start, at the end, little intro, little outro. Yeah. Um, but I've been trying to write some songs, and yes. I've just written a song about tortillas. Actually, it's it's more of a rap. <laughs> not, not not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Hilarious is what it is. <laughs> it's, it's very good, and and the delivery excellent. <laughs> the delivery on the tortillas. Yes. Oh dear. Well, um, um, did you have a good weekend? Uh, yes, indeed. Yeah, had a had a good weekend. You know, beautiful sunshine here, and um, you know, a bit of sport to watch and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, same, same. Bit of sport, lovely weather. Couldn't ask for more. Exactly. That's right. And, and so. Yeah. That brings on to what happened or what is going to happen this week. What do we call the segment? On this day, on this week? Really, on this, on this week. week. Yeah, on this week, I reckon. Let's call it on this week. Or should it be uh, in this week? Oh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> we need an English teacher. During this week. <laughs> All right, yeah, so let's let's go to during this week, Alice. Yeah. Well, it's actually now this guy has the same birthday as the person we did last week, but you know, like sort of in between weeks. So, um, but it is interesting that uh, our on this week last week's uh, birthday, Zhang Zhiker, has the mm-hmm. same birthday as Trules Morigard. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, and of course, Trules. Um, Absolutely stormed the world by uh, reaching the final of the World Singles Championships this year, um, which was absolutely incredible uh, run of matches that he had in yes. Houston. So, yeah, so winning a silver medal at the at the World Championships is something that, uh, if I remember correctly, the great uh, Jan Ove Voldner did in 1987, Jeff, uh, when he was quite young too. But um, anyway, yes. yeah, we, you know, we don't need to talk about Waldner all the time, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Not um, every episode. No, that's right. But uh, yeah, he's only 20 years old. 20 that is amazing, old. isn't it? Making the so final. He was actually, mm. yep. So he was 19 when he made the final. There you go. 
Yeah, so there That's you go. Tools, um, and he's yeah. already won two yeah. um, Swedish singles championships as well, um, which is, again, you know, pretty highly regarded, 2019 and 2021. Very impressive. And um, I think one another one of your favourites, Vladimir Sanzanov, he made like a World Championships final maybe in 97. That's right. He lost to Waldner, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> that was the year that Waldner didn't lose a, a set for the whole uh, championship. But anyway, um, he was okay. He was okay, that Waldner guy. <laughs> and Sanzanov, not bad either. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, Trulls. Um, what a start to his career. Let's see um, how he can move forward from here. Yeah, it, it's it is always interesting, isn't it, when a when a young player comes up that quickly and has such a big result. Um, and you know, I mean, he's he's uh, in a pack of uh, a, a big group of and really deep um, group of great players at the moment. You know, and and you know, we've got the young. Uh, Lin Yunju, we've got Harry Moto, you know, we've got all those sort of young guys coming through as well that uh, that are that are pretty pretty outstanding. So yeah, really good generation of players coming through. Excellent, excellent. So happy birthday to Trulls for the 16th of Feb. Yeah, 02. So as you said, uh, just 20 years old. Amazing, amazing. All right, well, Alois, that brings us on to the tip of the week. What do we have for our listeners today? Well, the tip of the week this week is just pay attention to your grip. Now, there's lots of aspects with the grip, and sometimes we we just almost forget about it. You know, we forget about um, uh, just thinking what we're doing with our grip. You know, it can be as simple as just thinking about how tightly you're holding the racket to start off with. Um, you know, can you can you hold the racket a little bit looser in your hand, get a little bit more flexibility, um, allow you to do a few more things, generate a bit more speed and spin? Um, but then um, the other um, interesting aspect that we uh, highlighted in this week's new video was just about uh, whether you have a forehand grip or a backhand grip or or having something really central. And for me, um, and especially and especially in this day and age, I think, you know, you have to have a, a really central type of grip where you can play both forehands and backhands with um, effectively. Um, so I think, you know, if you're, if you're starting out, but even if you're not starting out, even if you have been playing a while, just pay a bit of attention to your grip and ask yourself, is it um, limiting anything that I'm doing? You know, so um, is it is it too to tighten my hand? Is it uh, making my strokes a bit tight, um, a bit rigid? Yeah. It, does it affect the my return of serve because my hand's too tight? Um, am I slow switching between forehands and backhands? You know, and that's the big one, isn't it? Like if you are um, finding yourself compromised on your grip when suddenly the ball comes to your backhand instead of your forehand or vice versa – then it probably means that your grip isn't um, central enough, and you need to just start to think about how can I how can I find a grip that uh, allows me to play both equally well. Now, you, um, in the in the um, uh, video of the week, we do talk about you know allowing subtle changes in the grip, but the limiting factor is if you're getting caught out, then your grip 
isn't effective. So you need to think about having something simple enough that you can switch subtly, but quickly enough uh, when that ball switches sides and and um, from the forehand to the backhand or vice versa. Yeah, so there are lots of, lots of aspects with the with the grip to have a think about. Yeah, lots to think about, like the yeah how how you change from backhand to forehand, not having them too different, and then also you mentioned don't hold that bat too tight. I think that's another thing you you quite um, you go on a, a bit about Alice because if you hold it too tight, um, things don't work out too well. Yeah, I mean if you if you I mean just um, do it while you're listening to this, you know tighten up your uh, your hand into a fist and just see what happens to the rest of your forearm you know and your wrist so it locks your wrist it locks your forearm and so now we're starting to really tighten up and and usually that will also flow up into the shoulder so which means that now your whole arm really isn't um, operating effectively um, whereas when you have your hand relaxed then your whole arm your wrist your hand your forearm and your shoulder um, all start to work a bit more smooth, smoothly. Mm. So, so thinking about this, um, you don't want to have a grip that's too um, that changes too much between backhand and forehand. So, what about the pen grip and the similar grip? What do you think about those two grips, Alice? Yeah, both um, both viable. Like the the pinhole grip um, is uh, is completely viable. Um, not so much about thinking about the switch between the forehand and backhand um, unless you're playing the reverse uh, penhole backhand. So if you are, then I think, you know, there's it's, it's, it's effective, but that reverse penhole backhand is still a difficult stroke to play. Um, yeah, and what I tend to think about that is, yeah, that is a difficult stroke to play the reverse penhole backhand, so why not just play shake hand and do a normal backhand? And if you're having to make that decision to play the the normal penhole backhand or the reverse penhole backhand, that's just another decision you need to make, and then you've still got that crossover because you're switching. So it kind of doesn't make a lot of sense to me. If you're going to do that, why not just go shake hand? Yeah, and I guess that's why, I mean, a majority of the top line players are playing um, shake hand. Um, mm. Of course, there is the great Zhu Jin. Um, but, yes. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, apart from that, and there is that young, um, I've forgotten his name now, there's a very young uh, lad from France who's playing with a pinhole grip that had some reasonable success um, in some junior tournaments. But, um, yeah, okay. anyway, let's, yeah, let's, let's just uh, see how that all pans out. But, yeah, I mean, uh, for me, the shake hand grip's probably the easier one if you are starting and you don't have any preferences. Um, and then you also talked about the similar grip. Well, that's that is an awkward grip where you're using um, basically the same side for your forehand and backhand. Um, yeah. Well, we don't see that, that much anymore. I mean, obviously uh, named after Dan Seemler, and he was an excellent player. But yeah. you don't see it like you see the penhold occasionally now, uh, or still often enough. But um, I can't remember seeing a top player using the similar grip in my time no no that's right it, it hasn't really yeah happened for a while so um probably put that put that one into the back burner and uh, have a think about whether you want to play shake hand or pin hold okay excellent well that's a very good tip um, thanks for bringing it up no worries uh all right now it is time for the meat of the show the ask the coach questions are you ready excellent 
I am ready. Hit All me. right. Now, first up, VJ's asked a question about serving. So he's he's learning the um, pendulum serve, and he can do some side spin, but he can't figure out how to do the top spin serve. So can you share some tips or some videos to help him learn how to get some top spin on that pendulum serve? Yeah, it's it it is actually uh, a tricky one to um to to get right because it, it just sometimes it doesn't make sense in your head. So if you just follow me um uh, with uh, with what I say with the pendulum topspin. So basically, if you think about the pendulum motion, so for those youngsters out there, and there are youngsters out there that don't know what a pendulum is, um, <laughs> it's it's the it's the thing on a clock that goes backwards and forwards, you know, tick tock, tick tock. The big um, usually. That probably is not helping anyone. That description. <laughs> oh, 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 yes, that's right. Because uh, digital digital clocks don't have um, things that go backwards and forwards. Um, the uh, have ever think about the old grandfather clocks that you might see in some um, old movies, perhaps. Mm. Uh, and if not, just. Um, Imagine just holding Google. a bit of string with a, a lead ball on the bottom of it, and you hold it with up a plum. Top. With, a, with, with plum. a plum on the bottom, a plum. Yes, on the bottom. and then you just lift it up to one side and let it go, and it'll just swing back and forward. Yes, in the pendulum motion. Good, yes. excellent. Yeah. So if you think about that pendulum motion, it starts high, it comes down to the bottom, and then it goes up again, and then goes back down. So with the the pendulum serve you have that motion with your racket. So it's starting high, it's coming down to the bottom, and then it's going up again at the end. So with the topspin serve, what you're thinking about doing is hitting the ball later in the path of the swing when the racket is going from low to high. And if you think think about hitting the ball at that stage, then because the racket's going upwards, the ball will move forward with topspin. So aren't you going to hit the ball upwards too high as well when you do that? No. So you can um, you can adjust the angle of your racket a little bit when you're uh. doing it, and just yeah, and just push your push your racket forward. Um, so really, if you think about brushing up the back of the ball initially with mm -hmm. the pendulum topspin serve, but with your bat um, angled forward a little bit so it doesn't fly too far upwards. Yeah, yeah, slightly, slightly, but yeah, I think you know just. Just think about that pendulum motion initially and think about hitting the ball um, on its back when that racket is on the rise going up. And so basically you're just rolling that ball forward with your racket. Interesting. Now, what I think is a lot of people struggle with this um, topspin serve because they think that it's going to be like a plain topspin serve, like you're just hitting just straight topspin. But with this yes. pendulum serve, that's not really the case, is it? Because you're kind of swinging across. So you're never going to get that plain topspin. So when we say topspin serve, it's more of a topspin sidespin serve. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It is topspin sidespin. And for all the pendulum serves, basically you're going to have a, an element of sidespin on it just because of the motion of the of the racket. But, yes, mm -hmm. with the with the topspin, yeah, it's sidespin, topspin. Um, yeah, and you're brushing up the back of the ball. You're not just brushing over the top of the ball to get it moving forward. Okay, excellent. So, well, and what we should do is put a link to our Pendulum Serve video in, in the show notes. I think that one's a, for premium members, but it's an excellent video. Yeah, and that'll, that shows you how to do the Pendulum Topspin Serve uh, 
pretty clearly. Yes, nice one. Nice one. Well, that's good. And, and um, what do you think about the pendulum serve? Is it is it overrated? Is it overutilised these days? Or is it still like a must-learn serve? I think it's a must-learn serve, but I think mm-hmm. it's it's being utilised less than, you know, in my day. Um, but um, because, because players are using a much bigger variety of serves now, which is mm. great to see. Um, but uh, it's still a, an important serve. And, and I think it's an easy one to learn uh, to start off with when you're, when you're really trying to generate some spin on the ball. So, um, yeah. So have, have a look at that Pendulum um, serve video and uh, get some tips on that. Awesome. All right. Thanks for the question, VJ. Uh, next one is a question from Bernard, who has just put uh, new rubber on his bat. He followed our video of um, how to change your, your table tennis rubber. And what he's found is that he's just put it on, he's hitting the ball, and he's seeing little indentations on his rubber, and he wants to know, is this normal? Yeah, so um, th- it is pretty normal initially, Bernard. Um if especially if the glue's a little bit wet still, so if the glue's still wet when you put your uh, rubber on, um, or even just initially it it, it tends to uh, it tends to dent a bit. So um, I, I'd say don't, don't stress too much about it. You can just roll the rubber again, or just let it um, let it dry off, um, let it settle down, and eventually. Um, yeah, it'll it'll flatten out. You won't have too many problems with it at all. Yeah. So I'll put a link in the show notes to that rubber. But really, you, ideally, you want to let that glue dry first, don't you? Because otherwise, if it's wet, the ball doesn't come off properly, does it? No, the that's glue. right. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and then I guess indentations, you, you wouldn't want to see very large indentations, though, would you? In the No, rubber. not. Not huge, yeah. I mean, if if that's the case, then you probably then the glue's really wet. Um, but yeah, I just let it settle um, settle down. You're probably feeling that the 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 bounce might be a bit squelchy as well at that stage. Squelchy, good word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Squelchy, yeah. yeah. All right, yeah. So there you go. So it is a tricky thing as well as well changing your rubber for the first time, isn't it? Because it's a bit overwhelming if you've never done it before. Because it's it's in a square. You've got to cut it out. You've got to get the glue and you've got to put it on properly and do you cut the rubber first or do you put the glue on and then try and cut it like it's it's a bit overwhelming at first and it's not cheap so you don't want to mess it up no exactly it's very expensive in fact to start off with so uh yeah you want to you want to get it right so yeah have a look at uh, the video it's a pretty old video now isn't it jeff that we it is um, pretty old yep you might have had uh you know some Oh no, I might have. I might have. No, I didn't have hair at that stage either. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, we can uh, put a link in the show notes to uh, to that video as well. Excellent. All right, thanks for the question, Bernard. All right, next up is one from Roy, and he's been watching our videos, Alois, on the website about the basic strokes, uh, basic strokes, and you know how to move your bat when the ball's coming through. But he's got an issue. He says. When we do that in our video, the ball always comes through nicely, right to the right spot, and so it makes it easy for us to play those shots. But he's asking, so what do you do when the ball bounces low and short so it could bounce twice on the table unless you get to it quickly? How do you adjust for that? 
Yes. Um, so, um, Roy, the main thing is if the ball is very low, then you're probably not going to play a counter hit type stroke or a top spin stroke, especially if the ball is going to bounce twice on your side of the of the um, table. So if it is, then your preferred stroke is going to be a push or a flick. So it's a different type of stroke when that ball comes to you really low. When the ball bounces a little bit higher and only bounces once on your side of the of, of the table, then that's when you can do the counter hit or the top spin type strokes. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So when you're first learning, I guess it's a bit difficult, isn't it? Because um, if you're just playing a game, yeah, the ball is going to be all over the place. And so it's hard to know what strokes to play. And so how do you kind of manage that sort of gameplay and that training and how do you improve when you're at that level? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's just firstly, it's, you know, getting those strokes right um, and just, uh, you know, getting them at that basic level. And then you can start to just add in difficulty. As yeah. So in the training, you really want someone to try and hit the balls consistently to you so you can practice yeah. that shot over and over just to get it right. And maybe if they, if they can't do it, maybe they could just throw the ball there so it would go in the right spot, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, that's right. So initially, you know, um, keep, keep it pretty basic. Understand um, how to play the stroke. And then as you start to get a little bit comfortable with that, then you can start to move on, you know, add add in a lower ball, add in different types of balls so that you can start to uh, learn to adjust to, to different types of balls as well. Mm, yeah, and this is reminding me of another series of videos we did, Alois, the building blocks of table tennis. Yes. Yeah. Just, so lot, lots, lots of videos, Jeff, we've done by the sounds of things. We have done a lot of videos, <laughs> yes. So, um, yeah, so Roy, take a look at that building blocks of table tennis, and I think this might help put all of this in a perspective for you. So it kind of shows you the different – stages of your development and what's the important things you need to learn at each stage um yeah so i'll put another link in the show notes to that so you can see that and we do have one more question left alois but remember we did have this kind of comment of the week section that yes. we would kind of do so yes. yes well i think you've won the prize again because you said the top <laughs> spin or counterfeit strokes are usually played when the ball is bouncing a little longer Oh, I know, Jeff. I just see I'm not very good at reading my own work, um, <laughs> and um, and when autocorrect comes into play, like you know, it just gets me every time. Yes, counter hit, not counter. Maybe maybe I just typed counterfeit, but hopefully I typed <laughs> hit anyway. Yes. Well, at least this one was a like the word was appropriate compared to the last. I can't even remember what the last one was, but this is you know step up from that. I'm sure this is the first mistake I've made, isn't it, Jeff? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So um, along those sort of lines about training and stuff, um, uh, DK has asked us a question. He says that he used to train with the kids, but now he's moved up to training with the seniors. And their practice now looks like 10 minutes of warm-up and then 90 minutes of matches. They don't do any drills, no combinations, no practice, only matches. And uh, DK wants to know, does such a system make sense to you? Well, DK, I, th I think, you know, th there's definitely place for matches and there's definitely place for drills. So it's a, it's about 
um, what do you really need? What are you really trying to get out of your session? Are you trying to improve um, a technique of some sort? You're trying to improve some specific um, part of your game? Or are you trying to improve um, just generally, you know, how to play matches? Um, so, you know, there's definitely room for both. But I think if you only play games all the time, then you'll often miss out on opportunities to just increase your skill level a little bit quicker as well, you know, by just giving you more opportunities to um, to practice that skill. Um, whereas in a match situation, you might be able to get the chance to get practice that skill once or twice. Um, in, a, in a control situation, you might be able to get a chance to, to practice that skill 20, 30, 40, 100 times. Um, during the session so so you know um, definitely need both but um, yeah uh, you need to just think about what are you actually trying to get out of your session yeah yeah interesting isn't it and I mean some people might just you know not be looking to improve all that much at a certain stage you might just want to play games because they think it's more fun um, so it really does depend on your, your circumstances doesn't it but if you're wanting to improve you're going to need to do some kind of um, training and uh, skill-based exercises yeah indeed that's right yes. all right well um thank you for the question dan hopefully that um answers your question all right well that's the end of the questions that were that were good i was very pleased yeah, with those questions. questions yeah we always get good questions we've got some we've got some pretty you know interesting readers and cluey readers out there that uh dig in but but you know if you're um thinking, oh, I don't really shouldn't ask that question, just ask it because um, I, I can't, I don't know how many questions we've now answered on our Ask the Coach um, section, but it's literally tens of thousands. Much, yeah, tens of thousands. So there, and there are no bad questions. Just ask the question and um, we'll answer you. Absolutely. Yes. All right, that brings us on to our Who Am I competition, Alice. Now, you had people stumped for a little while, but I believe someone has um, yeah. found the answer. I, I can't believe it. Someone got the answer after three weeks. And you know what? No. The, the, the winner is a previous winner, so I think this guy might be pretty cluey. He's on, he's on to me. Nice. Um, yes. Yeah. So, anyway, the, the clues were – I've got to go back and – find the clues now yes um, so the clues were um i represented two countries internationally i was once in the army commando unit Ooh. and i am in the ittf hall of fame and the answer was victor barna so um yeah victor barna one of the all-time greats of uh, international table tennis so well done. And the winner, we only had one correct answer, was Ryan Oi. And he had he won a previous week as well. So good work, Ryan. You are a pretty cluey sort of guy. That is awesome. Well done. Well done, Ryan. And so um I guess that means well, he gets the choice of one hour of online coaching or one month Ping Skills premium membership. So get in contact with us, Ryan, and let us know what you'd like to choose. Um, but that does mean, Alice, we have another Who Am I competition. Yes, indeed. Well, I'm going to stump some people here for sure. Good. Um, so the new competition is I have 
now I'll need to fact check this. I mean, we don't worry too much about facts in the show. But, um, um, <laughs> I have won my national singles championships at least 14 times. Oh, at least 14 times. Yeah, at least 14 times. Wow, right. that must be a good player. There you go. Yeah, that's for a bad nation. Actually. Yeah, it is. It is incredible. And, um, yeah, there you go. All right. Have a, well, that's have enough a, clues to say no more. That. That's right. Have a think about it. So jump online, head to pingskills.com. Make sure you're logged in, click your name, and then click competitions. And then who am I, episode nine. All right. Put your best guess in. And remember, you can just guess because if no one gets it next week, you can update your entry. And if you have no idea, just maybe copy Ryan's answer because he seems to be pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> he does, yeah. No, don't copy Ryan. Just you need to think yourself and exactly. try work it out. Yes, exactly. indeed. Um, well, that brings us on to OMG Facts. Yes. Still got a few OMG left. Facts. Have we got OMG Facts? So, yeah, we've still got a few left. Excellent. Good. Hit me a with barren plain in South Dakota is the only place in the lower 48 states that is more than 100 miles from a McDonald's. Mm. Mm. And here, did you, did you know this? Yeah. The lethal dose of caffeine for humans is 10 grams or about 100 cups of coffee consumed in four hours. 100 cups of coffee, coffee in four hours? Yeah. <laughs> That would That's definitely lethal. kill me. That would not be that a good way to go, would it? No, no, that would definitely. I, I've actually, I actually stopped drinking coffee about, I don't know, 20 years ago um, because I used to have, if I had two cups of coffee in a day, I'd start to get the shakes. Really? And so I thought, this can't be good for me. So I, just, <laughs> yeah, so I thought, I better stop drinking this stuff. So um, imagine if I drank 100 cups in four hours. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be dead. It's I, a lethal dose. I, 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 I'd either be very, very annoying or I'd be dead. That's right. <laughs> You'd be dead. It's lethal. I reckon 10 cups would do, do me in. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, in 1830, the average American was consuming 1.7 bottles of hard liquor per week. What? 0.7 bottles a week? Yeah. Is that too much? <laughs> Jeff, do you want to tell us something? <laughs> no, no, no. It's all good. <laughs> all good. All good in the hood. Um, yeah. And then do I have anything interesting from my almanac? That's what I want to know. Um, let's see. So that we're recording this on the 21st when we release it. Who knows? But... Um, Monday, 21st of February. You might like this one, Alice. The following U.S. presidents were left-handed. James Garfield, Herbert Hoover, Harry Truman, Gerald Ford, Ronald Reagan, George H.W. Bush, Bill Clinton, and Barack Obama. Yeah, I knew Barack was. Um, so that's, that's a lot eight. of them. It's very possible that some presidents preceding Garfield were also left-handed, but were trained to write right-handed. It's possible. Ah, I Indeed, yeah. So how many presidents have there been of the US? I, I don't know the answer to that. I probably should know. Now you're making us sound ignorant, aren't you? <laughs> not only are we sounding ignorant, we are, Jeff. We are. Oh, um, uh, and 
Well, while you look that up, tomorrow, yeah. 22nd of February, relevant with the Winter Olympics on now, but in 1980, the so-called miracle on ice, the US Olympic hockey team upset the Soviet Union 4-3 in Lake Placid, New York. Wow, there you go. And they referenced that in, in the uh, final uh, yesterday ah. when uh, when Finland beat uh, the uh, Russian Olympic Committee. Did um, they beat them? I thought they were down one nil. Yeah, they won two one. Yeah, so uh, so there you go. Mm. So a bit of history there again. Yes, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, now I'm. Might be taking a little bit of time, but the list of presidents of the United States um, <laughs> is long. You know, I just I just need to scroll down to the bottom. Um, oh, forty six. Biden's forty six. There you go. There you go. Yep. So eight out of forty six left handers. Mm, interesting. Go yeah. left handers. That's right. Go left. That's probably that's probably uh, I don't know what what's the what's the percentage population that are left-handed in the world? Don't know. <laughs> you are asking some good questions. Good questions today. Um, and um, you should be like a like a scientific investigator or something. Yeah, I should, shouldn't I? Well, it's twelve percent. Twelve percent of people Ooh. in the world are left-handers. And eight out of forty-four, so definitely more. Over-representing. De definitely more than twelve percent. Over-representing those left-handers. Eighteen percent, isn't it? Some somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah, more than sixteen. That's right. So there you go. Good go work. Go lefties. Yeah, go lefties. That's right. Good work. Well, go lefties. Um, yeah. that can be the name of today's show. Go lefties. That's it. And um, that is a wrap. So. Once again, thank you, everyone, for listening. Make sure you check out pingskills.com um, and we'll, you'll see all the latest videos. And, um, of course, thank you, Alois. Uh, thanks, Jeff. Uh, we, we, there was one other thing we were going to just discuss quickly. Oh, so yeah. Last, well, let's not finish last, then. Let's discuss right. it. La last week on the show, we talked briefly about, you know, the bad ball that, uh, that gets, uh, gets a wicket in cricket. Yes. Or a bad serve that uh, can surprise your opponent. And then you had an interesting um, interesting uh, experience, I guess, on the weekend, Jeff, with uh, with I someone did. you know. Yep. Yes. Yeah. My son was playing cricket and I didn't I didn't see it, but he um, he took two wickets. And yeah. I said to him, oh, that's good. You must have bowled well. He goes, no, they were both two terrible balls. <laughs> There you go. Full toss, and the guy just hit it straight to a fielder. And the other one was he like a half tracker, he called it, bounce, and then LBW. Um, but he did say he bowled two peaches of a ball, which means two unbelievable balls, and both of them didn't take wickets. One, he said, pitched and turned, just missed the outside edge, just missed the stumps, um, and he was not out because that's how cricket works. But then the yeah. bad balls took the wickets. Yeah, see, amazing, amazing the uh, things that uh, that we come up with that sometimes come true. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Every now and then. Every now and then, and we might be doing yes, Sorry. and we might be doing a bit of a a, a blog uh, shortly about you know about sport and kids yes. and 
parents. So. And, Definitely. Yeah. Sounds like a good yeah. idea. Yeah. Good one. All right. Well, thank you, everyone. And we shall see you again soon. Bye.